In, in lightning. Inspirational. Inspirational. Powerfully refining. Powerfully refining. And unapologetically controversial. Conversations with, with the Royal Impress. The entire world knows the secret of who you are. Now is the time to step into your queendom and become the Royal Empress that you're meant to be. One woman at a time. Conversations with the Royal Empress. Now Akima, she's the analytical Empress. Akima, she's the Empress that will challenge you. And Lakeshe Nadira, she's the Empress who tells it like it is. Now, straighten up your crown and be elevated through conversation. Conversation with the Royal Empress. To this, to this week's podcast. This is Dr. Hakima Jahai Muhammad. Joining me today is my fellow Royal Empress, Akila and Lakashe. Peace, everybody. Peace. Lakashe, was it, did you give a quote about the number of single black women or, um, or why we're single? That was uh, that was me. Yeah, that was me. Oh, that was yeah. uh, you know what? It, it was just a, a book that I read. It's okay. called Why Seventy Percent of Black Women Are Single, and it's by Sean James. So I said, Ooh, "Wow, this seems very controversial. Let me check out this book." Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of truth in the book. Uh, one of the things that really stood out to me was the fact that in the beginning of the book, he talked about relationships and how it's very important to keep other people out of relationships. And then the people that we do tend to lend ear to I do not have successful relationships themselves. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, that's some old-fashioned wisdom because that was something that my my grandmother told me. She said before I got married, that was one of her words of wisdom was, or her keys to successful marriage was pretty much, you know, don't 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 tell your friends nothing about your relationship if it's going bad. They don't need to know every detail about your relationship. Um, you never know that your friend could could want your man. So it's best to keep everybody out your business. And in a second, she was saying, you tell your family, your family gonna take your side. And when you no longer upset with this person and you go back to him or deal with him, your family's all upset because they've taken mm. sides. So he really get into that and how important it is to keep all of those elements out of your relationship. And if you do go to someone, you need to go to someone who has a history of having successful marriage, someone who mm-hmm. means you well. So I thought that was just, it just made me go back to what uh, my grandmother taught, and it, which is very important as, as women, we tend to listen to people who don't know anything about having a successful relationship. And I'm not saying don't seek counsel from your mother, but if your mother don't have a successful relationship, she may not be the one you need to go to for counsel. Because how can she guide you on a successful relationship if she doesn't have one herself? So that was just what we discussed, and I thought that was very true because as women, we get so wrapped up in the fact that you can attract a man, but the issue is we can't keep a man. (laughs) 
Now that's that's interesting um take Hakima. I I agree with that. Um I really do. I believe that we need to be conscious of who we share our relationships with and why. I believe oftentimes we are, you know, we're looking for someone who can understand. We're looking for somebody who's a listening ear, and unfortunately, that may not always be the person who has the best or the sound advice. But I would say that, you know, when you mentioned, um, gave the example about your mom, if your mother is the person, you know, who hasn't had a successful relationship or who has had failed relationships, she can't be the person to tell you, you know, about how to help yours. But then I wonder, you know, is that really true? And the reason I say that is because sometimes people who have had failed relationships, I'm just saying now, because they've had failed relationships, <laughs> if nothing else, they can tell you what the heck not to do. Exactly if what I, I have been hit by a car, um, I can <laughs> at this corner, at this time, I could probably say, listen, you might not want to go on that corner at this time because I didn't been hit three or four times. You probably want to make sure you go to that corner. So sometimes, even though people have not had success in a particular thing, the failure has helped them at least be able to see things from a different perspective. Um, and so I do hear that often, you know, don't, don't go to that person because, you know, they've had failed relationships. But, yeah, they probably have, but they can definitely maybe tell you what the hell to look out for, if nothing else. I agree. That's if, I agree with that. they gain the wisdom from it. Yeah. I agree with that wholeheartedly because I think that um, the, 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 the key is who you listen to if they have your best interest at heart. True. I think that's really the key is that is this person really in your corner? So whether they had a successful relationship or a failed relationship, if they're not for you, you don't want the advice mm-hmm. from anybody with that heart and it's not really rooting for you to do well or, as we say, wanting for our sister what we want for ourselves. I still want yours to be successful if I want for you what I want for myself. Absolutely. So then Absolutely. I'm going to tell you this is what I did that was not right. This is this is the mistake that I made. I would suggest that you not go down that particular path. So I think what we can do as somebody, you know, with failed relationships is actually t- point out the, the, the traps and the warnings and the have that caution, like, if this is happening, you just, here are key words that you hear from men times that, that, that should be alarming to you. And then, of course, we want the successful people, too, because then they can tell us what they do Absolutely. to have a successful relationship. So I think it's a balance. I think that we can definitely have both, but we also have to be willing to listen. We have to be open mm-hmm. to hearing things from people, and, of course, you take what you need. Sometimes when people, like you mentioned, being open to listening, you know, and, and taking what you need, sometimes when we're going through the thick of a relationship, depending upon how our emotions may flow, we may, you know, want to paint the person who's in that relationship with us out to be the villain. We only share a portion. We don't really give the whole picture because we want to give the picture to the listener. Um, We want to give them the picture that makes us, look good and come out on top and look like the angel, which is totally unfair. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 it does not do. So are you looking really to heal the relationship? Are you really looking to get sound advice? 
or is it, you know, about image? Is it about the persona? So I think, and it kind of goes back to what has already been said, you know, if you're trying to fix the relationship, if you really are looking to heal the relationship, then you yourself and the persons or the people who you decide to share, you have to be on the same page, which is repair. You know, you're coming to me because you feel that I can assist you because I have your best interest at heart. And I'm going to you because I feel that you do have my best interest at heart, not because I'm gossiping, not because I'm trying to present myself in a certain way so I don't look bad, not because, you know, I want to give half-truths, but because I really want this to work. And oftentimes when people are emotional when they're in pain, not oftentimes, but, you know, when people are emotional and in pain, that's when they really bleed, you know, and they really may have um, a view that may be skewed in some kind of way. So we have to just be very mindful and careful, you know, of the energy that we're actually putting out there and the energy that therefore will come back that we're, you know, going to receive. Yeah. And, and it's about taking ownership. And I think Absolutely. that's something that we, that some of us have a serious problem with. I believe that, Somebody and, and here's the thing: somebody can actually be the villain. However, mm-hmm. however, <laughs> how? Mm-hmm. But but you allowed something, so you're still complicit. There's still something, and it's not about beating you up or 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 saying that you should know everything. But but we always give away a certain amount of power to someone else, and so you have to keep that in mind: is that you willingly did that in most instances. So you willingly did that, willing, willingly did what, give over the power? Give over, give over your power or whatever it is that you, whatever you're complaining about, it's like what role did you play in that? Oh, and yeah, that's definitely one of the, the things, role you played. Yeah, and one of the things that we don't like to acknowledge is what you were saying. Is one of the things we don't like to acknowledge is what did I do? And so I think sometimes even before we go out and talk to somebody else, if we can start to think like this is, okay, what? How could I have made this different? What just happened, or what I'm complaining about? Because maybe you mm-hmm. didn't do anything, but can but can we get to a point where we actually have those real conversations with ourselves, where we identify what role we may have played in something? Right, um, and that's so key. Oh my God! Like you have to be able to look at that woman. That man in the mirror, you have to be able to say, yeah, what role I play? Because even if there is, like you said, a villain, and in many cases there there may be, but if that is the case, it doesn't mean that the other person is, you know, just clean. They didn't do anything. (laughs) It doesn't mean that they did either. But it does require that each person involved, since a relationship takes two or more, (laughs) more than one, then you have to look at the role that you play, and you're you're so right. We don't like to do that. You know, Michael Jackson said it best. I love that song. You know, I'm starting with the woman, the man, in the mirror, you know, not looking outside. It's called self-evaluation, as, you know, the self-improvement study guides teach. You know, self um 
correction, you know, looking at the person in the mirror. Because I can say all day what you did and didn't do. And we can go back and forth all day. And another thing is perspective. Because I can say, well, I didn't do that. And then you can say, well, yes, you did. The reason that the thing is not going right in the first place is because you have two people who disagree. Right. You know, about what happened and what didn't happen. I mean, I know, uh, Akila, in your work or line of work, um, you know, dealing with mediation and being in court, you know, um, when people are going down that road, I'm sure that everybody has their different version. Oh, absolutely. When you meet with one client, and then the other person goes out the room, and then you meet with the other client, and the other person goes out the room. Two totally different stories to what was supposed to be the same, you know, uh, situation yeah. or the same, you know, event or experience. But it's like, no, that's not what happened. So how is it that two people, three people, however many people can be involved in the same thing but walk away feeling different, seeing it different? You know, and we'll go back and forth, yeah. and 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 be like, absolutely not, that didn't happen. Yeah, but you know, one of the things we have to do too is we have to stop being victims. A very comfortable in victimhood. We want we you know, we want to be the victim because that's where you get the most sympathy. <laughs> and so my this thing is, is true. This you is, know, yeah. So it's just like point. Very stop, interesting point. Mm-hmm, stop victimizing yourself. And I think when you stop put, putting yourself in the role of the victim, and I want to, and I kind of want to say this, because as we're saying this, this does not apply to physical and mental abuse. But we're oh, talking about for clarifying that. Yeah, mm-hmm. anything like that. As we're talking about this, it's like you know there is that element mm-hmm. out there where yeah, you really are the victim, and that really is the villain. I want to, I want to come back to that a little later because I might have a different opinion about that. But okay. go ahead. Okay. <laughs> controversy. <laughs> Yeah, a little <laughs> controversy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I'm just saying that we, but so many of us like to be in that victim role, garner sympathy. So it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe they did this to me. But then you'll hear somebody, and it's like in every relationship, you hear the same story over and over and over and over again. And it's Which like, is what? Mm. <laughs> right. Well, you know, they have the same story for why their relationships aren't working, why this ended. Oh, this person did this yeah. to me. He, this one did this to me. This one did this to me. And it's the same thing over and over again, you know, and it's like you're a perpetual victim. But what you're missing is that you're the common denominator. What? Do you think that Do you think that a lot of it has to do with our the way we view ourselves and our own self-esteem? I mean, it's easy to be a victim if you think that's that's all you deserve to be. If you're if you're well, it's easy to be a slave if, if if that's what you that's what you've been used to being as a slave. It's easy to fall in line. Sometimes, yeah, being the victim is a mindset, mm-hmm. absolutely, because that and and Akila, you alluded to to it a little earlier. Um, because if this is what gets you the attention. You know, let's say you've just never gotten attention, or at least you've never gotten the right kind of attention. So here you find yourself in a relationship, and it's attention. Now, it doesn't matter really whether it's good or bad because you've never gotten it either way, or you just desire it. So even if it's bad, it's okay because, you know, it's still 
giving you something that is satisfying you in some way and is filling a void or is filling that emptiness or the hole or whatever might be missing, you know, in your life. And so it's like, you know, we hear it all the time. Some no, some attention is better than none whatsoever. You can see a child cut up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because <laughs> they just want some attention. And, you know, whether it be good or bad, look, somebody going to pay attention to me today. So if it means I got to take a Crayola and scribble, scrabble over here, it does not matter because, Mommy, you've been on this computer far too long. We see it all the time. We're on the phone talking. Mm-hmm. Child comes in. You haven't child hasn't tried to engage you all day but the minute that they see that you're giving your attention elsewhere now they want to come you know to get attention so sometimes you you know we are just used to or we desire it so bad that we're we don't care about the relationship and what it's going to cost us we don't care about the health of the relationship if it's healthy if it's unhealthy it's just is giving us something that we feel that we need that we ordinarily wouldn't get or we don't know how to get it because of the way in which we view ourselves. Therefore, we don't have the right tools to pull to ourselves what we really deserve. Yeah, And that goes back to what you're talking about, uh, Hakeem, esteem, the self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what, what you attract is basically – you're attracting somebody that's on the same level, thinking or the same vibration that you're on. And if you're putting out negative thoughts, here comes this person and say, well, either I have negative uh, thoughts or connotation of myself, so here's two negative people together. Or here's a predator saying, oh, I could prey on this person because mm-hmm. this person has low self-esteem and I could control them because they just happy to be with somebody and they just happen to be with me. But no one. Yeah, let's talk about that predator. Yes, I was. Oh, girl. Yes, I was. Let's talk about that predator. Talk about that predator, and we have to talk about. We got to protect ourselves from predators. When you're vulnerable, when you're, you know, they, 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 it's, it's like, you know, they, they, they see that. I'm stuttering now because I'm. (laughs) The best way to be victorious over someone who's a predator is to turn them into prey and you become the predator. Predators used to mm. plan on people. They're not used to being preyed upon. So that throws them off. It's a military tactic, actually. Uh, but there are people who are, when I would say predators, predators in spirit, because there are people who just, you know, they are, I was just saying, there are a lot of men who are just looking to just corrupt women. How many women they can run through, they'll run through. And, and, and sure, there's some women out there as well. But since we're talking about women, I'll just I'll, I'll share light. And there are a lot of men, not to say all men, but there are a lot of men out there who go, my whole objective is to have as many as women that I can. And so they will prey on women. And they look for weaknesses in women because I know I can manipulate her, I can control her. If she has low self-esteem, that even works in his favor because he can manipulate you with your self-esteem. But if you're confident and you have standards, more likely you wouldn't put up with that type of behavior because you think highly of yourself. Typically a woman who thinks low of herself and doesn't see any value in herself is that type of woman that they love because... You know, ain't nobody going to want you. You fat. Or ain't nobody going to want you. You yeah. ugly. Well, you was all of that. Why he with you? You know, we don't think like that. We That's just right. let that person verbally abuse us or abuse us, have, have it abused verbally, physically, or just abuse us, just not treating us the way we should be treated. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you, yeah, you, you, you hit on the head. Um, you were dealing with, you know, just the vibration, you know, that one is going to even be able to attract that, you know, to um, us. Mm-hmm. Because I can tell you right now, there's just a certain energy that I'm just not going to attract. It's going to walk and, and crawl and fly way past me. Mm-hmm. Because the minute the right that you even get right. near me, you already know that I don't get down like that. So you might go on to the next. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And I, but we all do. We all carry a particular aura about ourselves. We all are on a certain vibration, you know. And so, therefore, there are just certain things that will not come our way. And I'm speaking for every person out there. So whether it's good or whether it's bad, whether it's high or whether it's low, Mm -hmm. that's why we have to be mindful, you know, as we go about our day-to-day activities. We have to be mindful where we are. We have to do a check every so often, you know, like, oh, let me check myself. When I feel my energy is going a certain way, I have to go and retreat. I was going to say that uh, really the um, one of the things that I was thinking about as, as you guys were talking about that was the other part of it is when we're vulnerable. And even even those of us who don't attract, you know, certain things ordinarily, when we're in a vulnerable state, we have to be extremely careful. In a vulnerable place, when we're in a vulnerable state, you know, maybe we need to learn to start keeping to ourselves and not allowing, you know, someone to into our lives when we're in a vulnerable state. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that well, that you have too. to be like Mary. You have to be like Mary, because Mary did just that. You know, she made sure that she was off in a way, and not just open in the open, and people didn't have access to her. We all are Marys. And, you know, we have to make sure that we guard ourselves when we are vulnerable mm-hmm. because we don't want just any kind of energy and spirit creeping up, you know, on us, zapping us, mm-hmm. you know, with their spells, <laughs> if you will. Casting <laughs> <laughs> spells around here, right? But they, right. But they do. But, you know, but it, but it's tempting, you know. And, and I think we probably all experience that. You know, you, you break up with someone. You know, and then here comes this other person, and you feel like you need to be comforted, and you you tell that person, you know, oh well, this is what just happened to me. You know, sometimes the predator's ears is going to perk up. Oh, she's mm. in a vulnerable space. Let yeah, me say, some people, yeah, let yeah. Me say Ooh, what wow, I think what did she, she say? What happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me tell her mm-hmm. something. And the next thing you know, here you are with this person, and you're repeating the same cycle. Yeah. yeah, the same, the that same often problem, repeated a different, cycle. a different face in mm-hmm. the right. face with the same person. So you're mm-hmm. actually in a relationship with the same person, but yet it's just a different face. So it's like a mm-hmm. like a, having a bad dream. You wake up from the bad dream, go back to sleep, and you return to the same bad dream. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know people. I, I, I know people who I have um, worked with, you know, with one-on-one um, counseling, and they, when, as they tell their stories, they have had repeatedly gotten with the same identical yep. person, same, same one, just a different body, yep. you know, different age, different size. This one was 5'2", this one is 5'9", this one is 6'2". 
And so how is that possible? How? Mm-hmm. But we already have kind of shared how that's right. possible. We're not taking until we elevate. <laughs> mm-hmm, yep. Until we elevate. Yeah. You know, until we raise our level of consciousness, until we clean up, you know, ourselves and, and, and look and see what is this that keeps attracting the same thing to me. Bees like honey, right? Or they love something that smells fresh or they create honey, but they love something that's sweet. You know, what is it that I have sprinkled all over me that keeps attracting the same thing? Mm-hmm. And and then until we figure it out, it will continue to happen. Now, I'm now Akima, you. I, oh, I want to, I know I just was going to say at the book that you were um, talking about, what are some of the other things that it mentioned um, in there about relationships with women? I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, what angle was it coming from outside of what you already shared, you know, about seeking advice? What were some of the other nuggets? I guess we pretty say let's say the insecurities as women we have and how that goes into the relationship. Pretty much what we've been talking about is it, we tend to whatever our insecurities. I guess we tend to to, to that 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 demonstrated or that's that's manifested in our relationships. If if, if I'm insecure now, I'm in, I now I'm on you, and now I want to control you in a relationship. I want to be more controlling. That's one of the things you talk about how 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 we as black women sometimes tend to want to be a man's father, mother, and not his. Uh, woman, you know, trying to dictate and make him, like he's like he's someone under our command. And in a relationship, that's not the hierarchy. The hierarchy is God, man, woman. But us as black women, and the book is somehow we've, we've bought into this feminist, this feminism movement, uh, we tend to think that we equal. You know, we, we have accepted that that feminist wait 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 you said we tend to think that we're equal as you saying know, that well we're, we're not what would you what you like, saying, what I'm saying is, <laughs> let me let, let me explain it what i'm saying is spiritually man and woman are equal spiritually but i'm not to dictate to you i'm not to you get money from me you know how as women we tend to think because i've had quite a few conversations with sisters how this man said if he ain't making what I'm making him more, I ain't dealing with him. Well, a man brings more to the table than money. If I can't control him, he can't see his children. You know, we try to make this a competition. That's what I mean by equal, where now we're competing with each other. We never, we, black men and women never had those problems in our relationships until we as black women start buying into this feminist movement. The Caucasian woman had problems in her relationship with her man. And her man didn't respect her. Our brothers respected us. So we didn't have those problems in our relationship. But once, in order for the white feminist movement to take off, it had to latch on to the civil rights movement. And to do that, they had to get the black woman's support. And that's how we got pulled into that feminist movement and that feminist way of thinking. I'm not well, let me just let me just interject man. here, just as real quick, because I, I, this is really... This is a really interesting conversation, and I'm enjoying it. Um, many might even find it a bit controversial because there are many of our sisters today 
who definitely would say that they are feminists. Mm -hmm. They would definitely say that they are a part of that movement. And they would tell you that what you're talking right now, sister girl, mm -mm, that that ain't what's up, you know. They are about being able to have equal rights, you know, and everything that comes along with it. You know, they making the money, the six figures, you know, they driving that whip, they doing it every everything, you know, they raising the children. So what do you have to say to that? I mean, what is I know you've talked about what has gotten us to this point, um, or how we find ourselves here. But what would you say, you know, to our sisters who totally disagree with you? Well, I mean I would say this. I'm not trying to be equal with my man. I want to be exalted by him. I want to be put up on a pedestal. I'm a queen, mm. and I don't want my relationship right to be <laughs> tit for tat. I don't, I don't want to be tit for tat. I want to be this what I've earned, this what I give you, so this is what I expect in return. I'm your heaven, so I need you to understand <laughs> that and treat me as if I am heaven. There's, heaven has gates around it. I need you to have gates around me. I need to be protected at all times. And if I'm on the playing field of we're in competition like this a sport or I'm running this or I'm this, how can you exalt me if I'm putting you down? Love I love it. I don't want yeah. that. If if I'm in my car when I when I would when I'm in a gap in the car with a man, I'm sitting in the car till he come get my car. I'm not getting out the car. I'm a queen. You gonna open the door for me. That's I'm right. setting that stage in the big the day we the day we meet each other is when I set that. And as women, well, wait a minute. Why can't you just get your own door? Hold on. Why can't you just get your own door? You got you got arms. I mean, I'm just saying. Isn't that what some? Now look at here. Let me be very clear. Okay. I agree. A yes. thousand percent. But I'm just saying. Some people might say, "Why can't you get your own door, Queen? Don't you have arms? Your fingers ain't broke. Like why?" I can get- this is true. I can't get my own door, but why should I if I'm a queen? The queen of the empire could go out. She's such a soldier. She probably could fight the war by herself, but why should she? She's a queen. You know, this is what you deserve and what you've earned. I'm God's first creation. And being that I'm God's first creation, I want the world to acknowledge me as that. He's made the world acknowledge me to, to that when he created me first. What do you so mean you're his first creation? I mean, exactly I ain't trying to start nothing. I'm just saying, if somebody else is a part of this conversation. I think you started stuff like that. <laughs> okay, well, let me just stop. I'm just saying, because what you mean? <laughs> you're dropping all, like, you dropping all this knowledge and stuff. You know what I'm saying? You're talking about God and the queen and, you know, man, woman, and child and you know, as if there are roles. Are there roles then, or there should there be a certain type of role within a household in a relationship? In your opinion, Queen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, oh, you got to. All right, all right. Yeah, no, I'm just, if you think it's spiritually, spiritually, there's man. There's there's I mean, there's God. There's man. Then there's woman. If if your if your man is submitting to God. You going you going to tap into God through him, and you going to tap into God directly because you have a relationship with God. But your man should be connected to God because that's who God has placed in the hierarchy. That's the one He placed in the earth as our protector, as our provider. 
So in order for me to be a queen, I need a king. I need somebody to there we go. Yeah. treat me like a queen. I need that king. <laughs> he has a very significant role. He's here to protect me. He's here to remind me every day that I am God's first creation. But if I beat him down, I'm not going to get that. So mm. then I'm going to wonder why I'm never happy in a relationship because I don't have that man in my life that's tapping into that God, that Godhood, that, mm-hmm. that spiritual, that that spiritual strength that women have. That's what the world is missing. The world doesn't tap into the spirituality of the woman. If it did, the world would be in a better place. That's what's Absolutely. lacking. Why we're mm-hmm. not happy at all as women is because our true nature is not being tapped into. So mm-hmm. I, I would say that to sisters. Allow a man to treat you how you should be treated. The minute you let him know, I'm a queen, and if you're a king, then we, we made for each other. But if you don't see yourself as a king that's deserving of a queen, then I'm not your woman. Because if and you know you're deserving of a queen, you're going to already be acting like a king because you're going to get my daughter. It's not even going to be a, a conversation where I need to teach you. I'm not, I'm not here to teach you that. That's something you should know if you're a king. Now, if you're not on my level, then we wouldn't even be talking anyway. I wouldn't even be in your car. But, but see, that's just what? It. If he didn't meet that standard, he's not. I'm not sitting in this car no way for him to open the door. I'm not even going to expect that from him. But when we approach a relationship and we feel like this is the person we're interested in, that's the mindset that we should go into. Now, I'm not saying... I'm not saying be that person with low self-esteem and now you can gas yourself up to be greater than what you are just because you're trying to hide the fact you got low self-esteem. I'm not saying go crazy with it, but I'm just saying be what you're created to be and expect that. I love it, Royal Empress. I love it. I love it. (laughs) And you know when you were saying that it was so funny because I, I have always been the type that if I go... If I would go out somewhere with a man and he did not open the door, he never got another date. How about that? How about you can't look, look at here though, but you can't teach the man. I mean, you know, he no might maybe. No ma'am. No ma'am. Okay. No ma'am. Why? I'm just my saying. Turn. Because I think because I think that that's something that should just be automatic. You should have well, what if he didn't that? learn that? What if he, he didn't know that? that? Well, then he's not the man for me. All right, now. You know, and, and, and I mean, and that's what we have to keep in mind is what is it that we know works for us? What is right for mm-hmm. us? Only you know that. But you can't mm-hmm. ever lower that, you know, for anything. Now, yes, is there something that we can teach a man? Absolutely. He may not right, have been right, exposed right. to things that I can expose him to and vice versa. So that's a part of growing and for just basic how to treat a woman. I'm going to teach you how to treat me? In that regard, yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because, yes, because people will say, well, you teach people how to treat you by the way that you act. Mm-hmm. Of course you do. Mm-hmm. But you teach a grown man to get the door for you. The same way that I taught my child to open the door for women, do with him. I had to, I, I would go to the door and fold my arms and wait for him to open it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But do, you know, do we want to walk around doing that to grown men? I mean, I guess you could suggest you could suggest to him, I, I like for a man to open the door for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so maybe you can make that suggestion and see what he does with it. I guess there's room for that. But, but do, mm-hmm. you think that, do you think that a lot of, that this is something I've heard men say, because I've heard men say that, oh, I, 
I, I would like to get doors for women, but when I do, I get cussed out. I've heard that so many times because yeah. I've gotten to a door, and I've seen the look on the man's face like I read it, like he really wants to open the door, so I would stand there and wait. And then I would see him smile and open the door, and then when he, I get to the second door that's on the inside, usually it's two doors, I wait for that one. Yeah. I wait there and let him open the second door. Something my grandfather told me. You let a man be a man. If he's going to try to be a man, then you let him be a man. If he opens the first door, you wait and you let him open the second door. Second, second door. What's the point of you opening the second door if you, if you letting him open the first door? Right. So I, there are men who really want to, but that is land door. See, this, this, this right there, these doors. They don't, women don't say thank you. I had a guy say, you the you the only woman that said thank you out of the women that I've opened right. the door for in the last whatever time, and I said that's sad. If you a man opened the door for me, what's wrong with me saying thank you, sir? Thank you. You have yeah. a good day, sir. I appreciate you. I appreciate it. And that's the problem why men don't open the doors. Not that they don't really want to or wasn't taught. They get tired of being cussed out. I, I had a brother tell me he got cussed out by a woman because he opened the door and called her ma'am. Ma'am, I got that. She cussed him out. He said, mm, okay, I can believe it. To be called. He said, do you want me to call you uh, a B then? And she's Ooh. like, well, no. He's saying, but I'm trying to show you respect, and I don't know your name, so I can't call you by your name. What do you want me to call you if it's not ma'am? So she had, no she had no answer for him. And it's like, at what point do we, con at, at what point do we contribute to our lack of, our, our, the lack of being respected? If I don't want you to open the door for me, now I just set the tone. I don't want to be treated like a queen. I don't want to be treated like a woman. I just want you to treat me like another dude. So when he don't, when you, he said you're struggling with these boxes, and then you want him to open the door then, he say, no, you go ahead and get it because, you know, you want to be treated equal. I, see, we're twisted and we're confused. Right. And, and we don't appreciate each other. She said, when she said that word appreciation, that stuck out to me. We have a lack of appreciation for one another. Talking about problems in our relationships, do we really appreciate each other? If that man doesn't feel appreciated for what he does, then it's like, why do it? If the woman doesn't feel appreciated for what she does, why do it? So right. now we, so, yeah. so we are, you know, we are at a standstill because nobody is feeling appreciated. Nobody is. Everybody wants to feel validated. I right. think inside a relationship. Right. That that could be it, but yeah, who I, I've never had that problem with a man hesitating to open the door. <laughs> mm -hmm. Look like maybe I look like I'm happy to have the door open. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe you just you know carry what? that cloud of energy yeah. that demands a certain level of respect that can only come when you feel worthy. Right. Because some of our sisters, we don't feel worthy. And then even when you mentioned earlier, um, Akima, about, or not too long ago, about um, the man having that dialogue, you know, with the sister saying, well, you know, hey, well, what do you want me to call you? And then even further, you know, saying to you that, hey, I tried to open a door and, you know, they got angry, they got mad. Well, because, see, that's something internal because we're twisted and we are confused. As women, as men, we are twisted and confused in this day and time. What's up is down. What's down is up. You know, everything is so backwards. So I'm sure that 
some of my dear sisters, you know, who feel like they are definitely not a part of this 21st century female, you know, they, they more so, um, or the 21st century female that we're speaking about, the one who desires a certain level of respect, the one who feels like she is a queen and she sits on her throne and her man is her king. Some of those women may argue with you because they are that woman who don't want the door held for them, who will get an attitude because you said ma'am, because they feel like, hey, I can get the door. Equal rights. I can do what you can do. I can lift that box. I don't need you holding no door for me. I'm making my own money. I make more than you. You know, see, these type of attitudes and, that's why and behavior. I was, uh, Hakeem, I promise you, I was just getting ready to say, well, what did you say? Maybe that's why we got 70% of us. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It definitely and, and and yeah, and that's why relationships, our relationships will continue to go to hell. If we don't go back, reevaluate, you know, take another look in the mirror and begin to see what has went wrong and how we can actually repair and correct because the sister of today is not the sister of yesterday, and yet the sister of yesterday, I feel, was much stronger. You know, I'm speaking in terms of as a whole, a whole woman. Yeah. When we look at some of our empresses and some of our queens, you know, prior to us, some of our ancestors who paved the way, you know, they stood their ground. They were strong women, but they were, they were feminine women. women. They were they women, women of principle. Absolutely. Character. And they, they were. Mm-hmm. But you know what? That's some will argue, mm-hmm. But some will argue that those women just took what men dished out to them. Okay, I don't think Harriet Tubman took too much of anything that a man dished out to her. I don't think Queen Nefertiti took. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying they don't, right. they don't know these women. They don't. But I'm they saying, don't they don't know know that's still right. the argument that some women have is that, mm-hmm. yes, but, but those women also took things that maybe we don't know about or, you know, things like that. I've heard, I've heard uh, sisters say that. You don't know what goes on behind closed doors. You know, or they'll talk about their grandmother. Yeah, well, my grandmother was in a 50-year marriage, but my grandfather cheated on her all 50 years. She smiled, mm-hmm. and she kept it together, and we still look at that as a successful relationship. Like, yeah, they, they, they were strong. You know, there was a level of strength that all of those women had that it seems that many of us don't have. But it's like, what were they putting up with to maintain those particular relationships. Some of the sisters are saying, hey, I'm not willing to do that today. I'm not willing to close my mouth and be quiet and accept whatever it is that this man dished out just to say I'm in a successful relationship. Well, well you shouldn't have what, to. What, what, what women, I think what, what women miss, the, the point is you, you basing it off what you observe and not what you know. I, I've talked to many older men who praised their wife. Yeah. Every man that was in a long relationship was not cheating. It's men, men are going to have faults. We have to understand. Just like we're going to have faults. Mm-hmm. Maybe he ain't cheating. Maybe, he, maybe he's an alcoholic. You know, or maybe he's, he's a good man. He come home, he do everything he's supposed to do, but he likes to drink. And then he, he, he gets to cussing and he gets to acting a fool in the house. Okay, some women put up with that, but they may choose to put up with that. If you don't put up with one thing, what's another? I remember when I went to my grandmother. It's two years into my marriage. I'm mad. I'm complaining. I want to divorce. I think I want a divorce. So my grandmother said, okay, what you going to get in return for what you're giving up? 
I didn't even mm. think about it. He said, so since you say he's selfish and he don't think about it, okay, he just admitted, and we and this, this was not just my grandma. It's my grandmother my grandfather giving us. They were counseling us. So it was, it was a common fact in that counseling session that he was exercising some selfishness. Okay, she said, so he's not cheating on you. He ain't hitting on you. So you can, you can turn him, trade him in and get a man that's not selfish, but yet he's sleeping with all your girlfriends. I mean, Ooh. at what point are you going to decide what you're going to take with a man? And I, you know, that was a question that was never asked to me. And I said, gosh, I never thought about it. She said, as women, you have to, or was a woman in a relationship, and the same goes with a man, we have to be patient with one another. Two people becoming one is a, is a difficult transaction. It's yeah. difficult. It's not something that happens overnight. Because when you become married, that's two people coming together to become one. You're both taking a journey to God. So God pairs people together. One person has the strength of the other person's weakness so that you can't help mm -hmm. each other on that journey. So at what point are we going to be, be uh, patient with one another? Okay, he's selfish. I had to deal with that. Now, to this day, is he selfish? He's a lot better. I mean, it is times where I'm like, oh, my God, he's not selfish anymore. And then he'll turn around and do something selfish. I mean, but these are things you do. <laughs> at, what point, at what point are we going to say there are some things you're going to have to deal with in a relationship? We always want to say he ain't this, he ain't that. But what about us? What are we not? And there we go. There we go. That's back to that self-accountability. And say maybe if we be kinder. Because, you know, men don't like no woman sound like his mama. So if we be kindly just make a suggestion and then go pray on it, we might get God time to work on that man. He may become a better man. I have to pray on it and let give God time to work on it. So that's something as women, we don't ever want to bring God into the equation. We want to do this ourselves and we wonder why our relationships don't work. It's because we don't make, uh, we don't make God the core of, of our relationship. We don't make him suffice for us. As a woman, God has to be suffice for us in order for us to be happy for ourselves. And once we're happy with ourselves, then we'll see more happiness in our relationship. But if I don't love me, it don't matter what that man do. My relationship yeah. is not going to be suffice. I know that's but, right. But it's also the same for that right. man. But if he don't love himself. True. You mm -hmm. know, True. And, and as women, we have to also observe if that man doesn't love himself, how can he possibly love you? He and he so doesn't we, have it. He right, can't. You know, and so we so 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 yes, you wanna you wanna be patient, but you don't want to be too patient. You don't want to be too patient. <laughs> you don't want to be too patient. Um I, I mean I'm just saying that you you don't you don't want to look at obvious signs and realize that it is time to. But see, is that patience, though? I don't even think that. I think that moves yeah, past patience. Yeah, I don't patience. know if that's patience. It's yeah, like if patience and then it's just pathetically stupid. Okay, well, maybe that wasn't no. right. Yeah. Well, right. no, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't. Rephrase. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. No, I certainly wouldn't say that. I just think that, but but sometimes, well, you know what, too? Let's, let's be realistic. Women are nurturers by nature, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we have a savior complex, too. Mm -hmm. So, oh. So, therefore, sometimes, so when I say two patients, sometimes because we want to save somebody, you know, mm. we sacrifice much within ourselves. And so you end up staying somewhere that you don't need to stay because, oh, well, let mm -hmm. me exercise patience with him. Let me do this with him. And so it's not necessarily stupidity. It's just that you're acting sometimes within your nature, and your nature is that of a nurturer and that, you know, of a healer and all of that. And so sometimes I think we may confuse ourselves and feel like we're helping this person, and we get pulled in, you know, 
into a situation that we don't need to stay in. But are we, are mm, we trying so, to be God? Because there are certain things that God can do we cannot do. I can't. If a man has something wrong spiritually, it's nothing that I can do. He has to fix that with his Lord. And sometimes as women, we can have a role and bigotry, meaning that we don't understand our role. Our role is to be a helpmeet for him. Our role is to help God, help fashion this man. Our role is not to be God to that man. And sometimes we feel, I'm so powerful, I can do this. No, you're supposed to be helping God. I'm going to point you in, a, I'm going to remind, be a reminder to you in Scripture, brother, of what you're supposed to do. I'm the reminder. And I'm going to go to God and I'm going to say, I've done my part. I, give, I, I leave it to you to work on that brother. It works. I've done it. I believe it. Sometimes as women, we, we want to be the God in the relationship. He can't come to you to get over his impediment. He has to go to God. And if you, 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 you mitigate all that when you go and get you a man that's God-fearing, we need to stop dealing with these brothers that have no consent, has no relationship with their Lord. That's the problem right there. He will never do right by you if he don't even know who he is. He doesn't know that he doesn't understand the the role as well. He does if he doesn't understand that there's God, then there's man, then there's woman. It's not him and then his woman, because you know if you're dealing with a brother who don't have that relationship with God, he gonna sound like a plum fool. So you'll be like, I can't roll with you because you ain't you ain't got good sense. But if you have a man who you know is God fearing, that's the man you be patient with, not the fool, because the fool don't know if he coming and going, and you can't be patient with no fool. He confused. You're supposed to be patient with a man of God, a man that's striving to be a man of God. That's the one you're patient with. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he, he, even even with them, <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, you know, you got, the you, one who has that connection, because our brothers, because you can talk that, you know, I'm this, but you can look at their behavior and say, you ain't submit, brother. You just talking because. Yeah. If, but they, he but they is could be, but they could going, be striving. They could be striving, but they still. I mean, I think it's just so many layers, to be honest with you, with yeah. this, because sometimes people have conditions. I mean, he could be there, there could be some underlying mental illness there. And even though oh, he... See, he done went a whole other direction. But I'm yeah, not, not, right you done threw the mental illness in the pot. I have, because that's a reality. <laughs> I mean, we know it's a reality, but we, look, we already, you already just told us 70% of our relationships are failing. You know, we ain't even bought into play mental illness and all the rest of the stuff. We just trying to deal here on the surface and the basics. This is enough, ain't it? My goodness. I know. I know. But I'm just saying in terms of when we talk about our patients, the man, I was just, my point was he could still be God-fearing, but he could still have some issues that, you know. He could have a little cray-cray. Yeah. You know, all our brothers got a little cray cray. A little cray cray. If you're a black man in this society, he got some cray cray. We know that because we got some cray cray for being a black woman in this society. That's right. In the hells of North America. And many of us have the post-traumatic slave syndrome. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. But um, I'm just saying that, you know, it's like, yes, we have to be patient, but we have to know when to cut that patience off and know what to, to you know, how to, to know when something is not what we think it is. And that's all right. I think. And um, this is, I think it's a thin line. I think it's yeah. a thin line between what is patient and what is this little tip of the iceberg and that's just, and you didn't tip somewhere else. Yes. You know. I did. It's a real thin line. It's a rope, you know, tight mm-hmm. rope. Mm-hmm. 
we're not going to uh, delve into and, it, but just just understand that it's not always what it seems, and that sometimes mm-hmm. patience, you know, sometimes it's like you you need to let that man go get the help that he needs to get. Um, right. You and know, I think or, sometimes, I think oftentimes, not even sometimes, that it becomes such a major issue with both men and women yeah. because we want to come in the name of patience. Mm-hmm. So you'll stay your little patient behind, <laughs> really in Spookville, because you're hiding behind it because it's comfortable. The low, the more you say, "Well, I'm just patient. I'm just waiting on the Lord." Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just. <laughs> yeah. Or as the, as the, as the saying says, "Pray but move your feet." Absolutely, and that's all I'm saying. You have to know when. I never heard. You, that. No, it ain't about being patient, <laughs> dear heart. Like like yeah, it. it's when you when you yeah. pray, move your feet. So yeah, you know. So yes, we can. I, but I, I think it's easier. It's easier because guess what? You don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. When you when you, I mean I'm not. And again, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with being patient, but we just have to know the difference and right. know what it is and know what it's not. Right. And sometimes we'll lock ourselves into that category so that we don't have to work. Like you say, move your feet. We don't, some of us don't want to work. I mean, in a relationship, some of us just kind of prefer to kind of just, you know, sit around and allow things to just happen. But you just can't let things just happen to you. You have to be an active participant. It is called a relationship for a reason, Mm -hmm. you know, Two people involved, you know, with action and movement and a whole lot more. But it, I think it's just a safe place for people to hide in the name of believing in something spooky, mm-hmm. whether that be uh, something in, the, in, in this make-believe um, underground with pitchforks and heat or something <laughs> in the above, you know, floating around. But we, it's easy to blame. You know, oh, well, you know, the devil made me do it. Oh, well, God, the devil showed enough, you know, this, that, and the other. He's busy. You know, you know <laughs> God moves in mysterious ways. Well, what about you yeah. in getting your behind up and, you know, putting forth some action and doing something and not just staying just because or not just sitting around thinking that, you know, God is just going to bless you. Yeah. Oh, he's. Oh, she's. Or, or some miracle is going to happen. A I, miracle is going to yeah. happen. You. We ain't never got bread, or at least I haven't. Not in my household. It never just appeared. No. No. My mother, my grandmother, somebody had to go out and go and get the bread. Okay. Even if they weren't making the bread <laughs> with the ingredients, but but there had to be a process, and that's all I'm saying. Sometimes I'm just, we get confused. Yeah. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. know the difference between being patient and trying to be a savior. You can't mm-hmm. save yes. nobody that don't want to be saved. Ooh. So that's that's all I'm saying is, is that we have to know the difference. So there is and, and, and that was my only thing about yes, we you can be patient with someone. Everybody's gonna have some faults. You can't throw you can't just look at somebody and nitpick everything. Oh well he don't he don't fill up the ice tray, so no <laughs> little petty stuff. Uh, doesn't say goodbye the way that I want to. Oh, I don't like the way the fork clicks in his mouth. I mean, we can't. Hey, be... don't judge me. You don't know my struggle. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why you put 
your clothes in the closet and it's supposed to be dark to light. Right. <laughs> That's what I read while she talked about me. <laughs> but you, you're right. I, you're right. You, you can't be that way. But when you said that, I said, oh, my God, see, that was me looking in the mirror because I'm very anal and I can be that way. So thank you for ed- for, for re- being a reminder <laughs> so I can get myself together because I can be like that. Thank you so much. We all need a, we all need a reminder sometimes. Oh, yeah, a reminder is but a mercy. It's a mercy to us all, and it's a savior for us all if we but understand. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I think we can't always be defensive and offended. (laughs) Because I really would say, honestly, Mm -hmm. as as we kind of look at this, why are we we single? And I'm going to say, one of the things that I think that we need to think about as women is, are we really making sure that we're compatible with the people that we are involving ourselves with? And I think compatibility is underrated. I think that it part of it is at the core of why many of our relationships are unsuccessful is because we mm. don't really take the time to get to know people. We don't mm-hmm. ask questions. You know what you are. You know what your habits are. You know what you feel that you need. And so if you have a conversation with someone and and the only thing you get from him is a tingle, um, <laughs> that's not enough. A it's tingle. A tingle. <laughs> what is a tingle? We're going to leave that right, alone. Listen. Just a little tingle. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> You know, when the, the chemistry is flowing, you know, you, oh, you get a little okay. tingly. Okay. Okay. But I got to offer you a little bit more than that. We really have to talk about that compatibility, and I think that that's one of the things that's really missing is that we don't examine whether we are truly compatible with people. And if somebody is crazy, it doesn't make a difference how much they claim they're compatible, they're going to have that crazy. So we want to, we want to, we want to, you know, screen for that as well. Um, yeah, but the see, in order for us to even be able to do that, you have to know who you are. Right. You have to be able to know what you're working with before you even think about a relationship. I think that's a big problem. Oftentimes, we want to race to this finish line called relationships, but we haven't even looked at ourselves. We haven't even investigated and did inventory to see what type of shoes we have. We can't run anywhere if we don't have the proper, you know, tools to even get from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. And so we miss a whole boat. (laughs) And then we try to skip past things and then enter into this relationship. You talk about um, compatibility. Yeah, you talk about, yeah, you talk about compatibility. Well, absolutely, you know, being compatible is important, you know, but what does that even look like for some? Sometimes we get a little confused between compatibility and being common or commonality. Big difference. I can have something in common with you. That's right. Me and you, we can both like, I don't know, Star Trek or like to listen to the same music, we both like to skate. But that does not mean that we're compatible. Right. Even though you, you know, need to have things in common too. But you, you oh you definitely have to have things in common for sure. But having things in common is not going to allow the relationship right. to, you know, ride. Right. It's nice to know 
uh, because I'm going to tell you, I, <laughs> you can have, you can like this and I can like this. But then what about me introducing you to something that you may not be familiar with? Some of the beauty about relationships is that we are able to share parts of ourselves that may very well be different. Mm-hmm. from the other person. So we can have about 15 things in common, but again, if we're not compatible, right. that's a huge difference. So, again, knowing what... And, and, and yeah, as I like to say... You have a friendship to that, too. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you got to have a friendship with that, too, because romance is romance, and you everybody have things in common, but you got to have that friend, that, that, that person that when... when when something exciting or something bad happened, that's that first person you want to call. Right. Because and that they're the genuinely end, excited. Yes, sir. Right. <laughs> or, or it's got to be something there more than just, oh, it's a sexual connection or. Right. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. We, we tingly. That tingly. <laughs> oh, that was the tingly. That's the tingly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the tingly. That was the tingly. <laughs> well, you know, tingly ain't got, never got people too far. That's right. At all. Tingley then got a whole lot of folk in trouble in yes. court, <laughs> in the street with knives and, and, and whatnot. <laughs> right. You know, illegitimate and and not. Oh, boy. And so that's the thing. It's just like we just have to stop thinking on the surface level. Ooh, he's handsome. I want to get with him. Ooh, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, and not get with him so early, too. Right. Just Just take your time and get to know people and make sure that, yes, that you have something in common, that you are compatible, and it can't just be – somebody was having um, a conversation online and they were talking about people being yoked, equally yoked. And I'm like, equally mm-hmm. yoked mm-hmm. is not just spiritual or faith. Oh, absolutely. It is, absolutely. It, is, it is being compatible. It is having things in common. It is so many things. Somebody told me from a Muslim perspective because – you know, we happen to be Muslim. The brother, this brother told me that when he was being counseled, he said, well, you know, you have to have more in common than, with your wife than there's no God but Allah and Muhammad is his messenger. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you got to have more than that. Or they're just Jesus Christ. Right. You know, somebody, right. is my Lord and my yeah. personal Savior. You have to have a little bit more than just that, too, right. because at the end of the day, you're going to have to be able to know that whatever you all came together with that you'll also be able to stand together with and it, and oftentimes you is way more than just these little things so i think what happens is it sounds good it, it makes us feel good because we can come in the name of god right but if god was enough then none of these relationships would be failing because most of the people are claiming god yeah so, or whatever, or whatever their belief system is, because some people yeah, don't. God, some people don't. And, and when I say God right. in this sense, you know, of course, I was just talking. I was talking about what we we right. commonly believe is God, but but your God, period, whatever that might be, right. could be a rock. <laughs> but whatever it is that you look high up to and feel that it is what gives you, you know, life and energy. Right. Um, but. It has to be way more than just that these days. You have to be really centered, and it goes back to you really knowing exactly who you are and what it is that you desire and then having a full um, 
understanding of the person, you know, that you're getting to know. Asking questions, not being afraid to get the answer, listening, because sometimes we don't listen. We run our mouth. As I heard, you know, one of my sister friends say, take the cotton up out of your ears and put it in your mouth, (laughs) you know, so that you can clearly hear. Take that cotton up out your ears and put it in your mouth. (laughs) <laughs> yes, because, you know, we, like we oftentimes, it. we can't hear nothing because we study running our mouth, but maybe we put a little something in there and be quiet for a minute, we might be able to hear. Because guess what? Mm-hmm. There's never, and I, I believe this and I'll stand on this, I don't think that there's probably one relationship where a person or parties got involved where there was not a sign a clear sign oh, in the absolutely. very beginning. Absolutely. It's just that we had cotton in our ears. <laughs> and we weren't blind on our eyes. Oh, we had, <laughs> yep, we had stuff all up in our eyes, all that sticky stuff, and we could not see. What is it that Jesus put on the eyes? We needed a little spittle. <laughs> a little spittle, a little spittle to get and clear that up. You know, clear that, and clear that up. Because and and why don't we want to hear? Why is it that we don't want to hear? Why is it that we don't want to see? Because we think that if we see it or we hear, we're going to be missing out. Right. Not understanding that the wisdom or the, the see this is when being connected to the spirit of God within. You know, your higher self. Can lead and guide you like a road map. Because if you're clear and you're open and you really are desirous of a relationship, you know, as you know, before, oftentimes within um, religion, you know, they say if all hearts and minds are clear before, you know, before prayer is done. So, in the same thing, entering into a relationship, when all hearts and minds are clear, then that means there's no room for there to be any confusion because you're open and you're really listening and hearing what is being said and what is not being said so that you can make a decision that is sound and clear. So that means don't, 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 uh, don't go jumping into something else when you're not done somewhere else. I think that is safely, I think we can say that that's probably what it means because yeah. why do we jump? Yeah. Some some people are so used to always having something that they've attached themselves to, again, because it's getting away from self, it's getting away from looking at the man or the woman in the mirror, mm-hmm. and that when they get out of one thing, they go rebounding. They go looking, they go trying to find something so that they can feel safe and warm right. opposed to just getting stripped down, butt naked, looking in the mirror, all this his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's like being, like, like being a monkey. Yeah, it's like being a monkey. You know, a monkey, a monkey doesn't, <laughs> no, listen. A monkey? I know it's not crazy. Um, no, listen, a monkey, doesn't, a monkey doesn't let go of the branch that he's on when he's swinging until he grabs a hold of another branch. Hello. Uh, wise man said. Mm. Wise Come man on now, doctor, doctor. And I'm like, huh? But he says, don't do that. He says, because that's what people tend to do. I'm not even really letting go of this relationship, and I'm already, go, I'm already got my hands on another one. Right. And so you don't, you don't slow down. You on the move constantly. So you move from one relationship to the other. And there's like, like you said, there's no time for me to stop and look in the mirror and say, 
let me see what went wrong. And sometimes it's something that's fixable. It's something that you can address or it helps you understand, oh, we ended up together. I was with this person because of the fact there was a commonality. I got to make sure I don't do that again. Mm -hmm. Because you can easily meet somebody at work and because you work together now you got a relationship, but you really weren't compatible. Or you can meet somebody you had the same friend, so you figure, oh, we should go in a relationship because, you know, we got the same friend. And then you find out that that doesn't work. So if we slow down, like you say, look in the mirror, you could kind of get an idea of, okay, what was it that went wrong? And we don't get our chance to get a chance to do that because we like money. Before we let go of this branch, we grab it on to the next one. Mm-hmm. And it's comfort. It's like it's the same thing, you know, that reason we why we gravitate towards what we call comfort food. You know, because it makes us feel a certain way. It makes us feel safe. It it makes us warm and fuzzy. Um, it's it's comfortable, and we don't want anything outside of that comfort zone because of the fear of what that means. Now we're exposed. We're exposed to cold air. I don't want that. It's much much easier to kind of run and hide behind another relationship again because it it causes you not or it forces you or takes you away from, excuse me, looking at yourself. And that's one of the two most important relationships that one can have, you know, is strengthening the relationship that you have with yourself and strengthening the relationship that you have with the creator. Because other than that, how can you really, really be sure, you know, that what you're really getting into is compatible, is a good fit, is within alignment, you know, with yourself. If you haven't even had time, especially, you know, coming out of another relationship, you haven't even had time to heal. You know, you're talking about that's an open wound. Something else can just pour on into that wound and fill it up with something that doesn't belong there. Yeah, and then then you keep repeating the cycle over Mm -hmm. and over and over again. Oh, I mean, and I don't even know what that time frame is when you jump from one relationship to another. Sometimes you can move quickly if you really know how to heal and if you really are paying attention and you are really in tune with yourself. But most of us are not. And I think you just said it. I think you, you, you just said it perfectly. Being able to be in tune with yourself, um, allowing yourself an opportunity, you know, to heal is easier as they say, it's easier said, you know, than done, I know. But at the same time, we have to at least have the basics. We have to at least have the basics. We can't be so willing. Some of us are just so used to taking flight or, you know, hopping from one place to the other. You know, that's just what we're used to. Yeah. You know, okay. Nomads. You know what part like of that? Like spiritual nomads. Uh-huh. Like, like you say, we just wandering to and fro. I think mm-hmm. what we... Um, what we need to do as, as women, we we disconnect from God when it comes to our relationships. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's where we make an error. And what we need to be doing is we need to be praying and asking God to reveal his choice to us. See, we, we make bad choices because we think we know and we think we know ourselves. But we don't let God make that choice or point out that mm-hmm. choice to us. We're so busy choosing men on superficial reasons. Oh, he, I like his title at his job. Or I like his, the car he drives. Or he's fun-loving. He's popular. We don't look for good qualities like, oh, he, you know, he's a good provider. We don't look for any, any of that. So those are things that we miss. But if we bring God into that decision-making process, a lot of what we discuss would have been alleviated because God will let us know when we're ready. Or we'll pray and say, mm-hmm. God, prepare me to be ready when you bless me with your choice. 
Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll all mm-hmm. fall in place, but we, we, we take out the most important element in a decision-making yeah. process. And mm-hmm. as God, we act independent of him like we're not his creation. We've disconnected from the creator. How can the creation disconnect from the creator? But when you make a, when you're connected to the source, it's like the, the plug is unplugging from the outlet thinking it's going to work. You're not going to work. You're a plug and God is the electricity that you're getting out of that outlet. And if you disconnect from him, there's no energy. So if we connect to him and rely on his expertise, because you know, in the Quran, it says take on his coloring so that we can see things the way he see it we will see things much clearer. We will see that if we're with a guy and we're really falling for him, we have to ask God, if he's, my, yeah. if he's your choice to, to, to show that to me and he's not your choice, remove him from my heart. Believe me, that works. Yeah. He, you'll wake up the next day and then we think about this brother when to throw up. So, uh-huh. if, if <laughs> that sounds familiar. You, yeah, it sounds familiar. I, yeah, thank you, Sister Lawita. I thank her for that next time we talk. But you, you have clear to truth and a sure evidence. Right, we as women don't do that. And, and if, if yeah, if we God, if we so sit down easy. and listen, but the, you 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 talk to God, you just got to be willing to listen and get quiet, and you know, and really accept the answer. Be prepared for the answer, and sometimes we'll ask for a sign. We just got to make sure that we don't misinterpret those signs that we are given. I think for myself, on a time where I was like, well, you know, I was thinking about getting out of a relationship, and I'm like, well, maybe let me let me pray on it. And I got this sign, and I thought the sign was telling me to stay. And I'm like, well, I say, <laughs> okay, well, apparently I misinterpreted. <laughs> I tell the that story. I misinterpreted, huh? <laughs> no, no, seriously, because like, like it, we can look at it. At a, um, I was at a, uh, um, a repast, and the person they had, you know, whoever had this dot under their uh, chair, was supposed to take the picture of the the person that had passed away home and you know whatever we I don't have to get all into that but the dot when I think about it I was like okay well I wasn't even supposed to sit at this table I sat at this table well you know I'm the one that sat and got the dot okay well maybe that's the sign telling me I need to stay with him but then when I think back on it, hold up. when I think back on it that dot was yellow that dot was yellow yellow is caution you we will twist up our mind. I know. You know. But let me let's be realistic. Like when I but in hindsight it's like, well maybe honey, when you saw that yellow dot, that should have been your caution sign. Not the sign to proceed. The the sign to go is green after I got the green dot. Yeah. We really need to step out of ourselves and just take a break, uh, get our wheels to kind of stop rolling for a moment because we were so used to just moving and running it that we really can't listen fully when act, so much activity is taking place, so much movement, so just getting centered. And I think we all pretty much, you know, from the beginning of this conversation until now have We've said a lot of the same things, you know. We talked about, you know, um, the relationship that we have to have with the creator and the relationship that we have to have with ourselves and understanding exactly who we are and what it is that we desire and not looking on a superficial level, just wanting something to be filled, just that void, that space, Mm -hmm. you know. So 
all of these things, you know, are extremely important. Um, I personally feel that the the black woman, the original woman, will have no problem attracting to herself and being able to keep the man that she desires once she fully is able to go through the process that we, we kind of already discussed of looking at self and connecting, you know, those dots. You know, a lot of these things that I put out here when you're talking about statistics and these studies that have been done, and I'm not saying that they're not true, but the more that we kind of fall um, or accept these things uh, and not really come out of her, when I say come out of her, you know, could refer to many things, but just come out of a thinking, (laughs) (laughs) come out of a thinking, you know, America, you know, is she, it's a her, and sometimes we have fallen victim to the thinking of, you know, what somebody else outside of ourselves have told us it's supposed to be like. If every time you turn on the television, every time you pick up a book or a newspaper, not to discredit studies, um, not to discredit facts, but if every time we look at these things, they're giving us some type of negative view of who we are, then eventually we begin to accept it as truth. It's not my truth. It's not my truth. It might be your truth, but it's not my truth. I'm going to create what it is that I desire and learn how best to bring that into fruition with what I've been taught, you know. And I think we all, well, not I think, I know we all have done this. We all can do this. And this is, you know, what the Royal Empress wants to be able to share with our sisters is that, you know, we don't have to always believe the hype. We can create our own reality. Thanks for listening to another episode of Conversations with the Royal Impress. Tune in next week for another enlightening conversation. For more information on the Royal Impress, please visit the website royalimpress.org. You can also follow the Royal Empress on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Conversations with the Royal Empress is a subsidiary of the Royal Empress Organization. All rights reserved.